Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 103. Welcome to RestaurantUnstoppable.com. Listen to successful restaurant professionals as they discuss the tools, tactics, and services they use to better lead, manage, and market their restaurants. Join our community and make your restaurant dreams unstoppable. Here's your host, Eric Cacciatore. Yo, what is going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? You know who it is. Welcome to the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry. Today is Thursday, and you know what that means. It is Authority Thursday, and I have a great one for you today. Uh, We're going to talk about nine ways you can optimize your restaurant website. And uh, Brian Castle is the guest today from RestaurantEngine.com. And uh, be sure to stick around to the end because we were good on time today. So I decided to throw a few more listener questions at him. And uh, he really helps us out with some of those questions. Uh, You have to stick around to the end of the show to hear those questions and the answers, though. All right, that's all I have to share before we hit play. So here it is. Enjoy it. All right, with excitement, allow me to introduce to you again, uh, for the second time, Brian Castle of Restaurant Engine. Brian, how are you today? Thanks, Eric. Thanks for uh, having me back. Uh, doing good. It's kind of freezing cold out here in, in Norwalk, Connecticut, but uh, but making it making it through. <laughs> yeah, well, they say uh, the days are getting longer now, so we're on the we're going down the hill. Uh, spring is right around the corner, so just hang in there, man. <laughs> yep. So, are you ready to drop some bombs of knowledge on us that are going to make our Restaurant websites, unstoppable. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right, great. So I'm just going to give a quick introduction of what we're going to cover today, and then we'll dive right into it. So um, like you know, Brian is the founder of Restaurant Engine, uh, a company dedicated to creating a tailor-made websites to fit the unique needs of our restaurants. Uh, th- like I said, this is Brian's second time on the show. The first time we had Brian on the show, he went over the five essentials to what every restaurant website needs. Today, we're going to take it to the next step. We're going to go a little bit deeper and talk about what we can do as restaurant owners to optimize our uh, restaurant websites. And uh, I mean, Brian, I guess we'll start off by kind of defining what it is meant by optimizing your restaurant website. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that term optimization can kind of mean a lot of things. And if you're, if you're kind of new to this or you're not really involved in website design or development, a lot of this stuff can can sound very technical and uh-huh. and kind of just fly out the window very quickly. But um, you know, I'll try to you know speak in layman's terms here. That's what we try, generally try to do uh, with our customers on Restaurant Engine. Um, optimization for websites uh, it can mean optimizing for search engines, like making it easy to find when you type into Google, um, or it can also mean optimizing for mobile phones. That's another common thing um, that we see and, and that we do. Um, so making sure that your website not only shows up uh, and, and works perfectly when you view it on, say, a laptop or your computer, uh, but also when you pull it up on your iPhone, Android or iPad or any kind of mobile device, um, the goal these days is to make sure that your website is optimized and not going to, you know, show up like a blank page or show errors or, or in in many cases it it might sh- display on a mobile phone, but it still requires you to like pinch and mm-hmm. zoom in and, and it's not really optimized for viewing on such a small screen. So that's generally what we're talking about when we say optimization. Yeah. I mean, the, the way I, I hear what you're saying is, and on the show we talk all the time about in our restaurants, 
we constantly need to be challenging ourselves to, to be improving, to always be a better version of ourselves, you know, a better version of, of the version we were yesterday. And with the internet and technology, it's always improving, always, you know, being just a little bit better. And there's things we can do every day to kind of try to be a better version of ourselves than we were yesterday. And optimizing is basically taking advantage from, if, from what I understand of all the things that are happening that, that can help us be the best version of who we are and who our website or what our websites are. Does that sound like a pretty lame yeah. terms? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And there are always, you know, certain tweaks and things that you can always do to improve your website. Um, uh, you know, of, of course, if you if you want to change and, and get a completely new website, there are always uh, a certain set of best practices that you'd want to look at if if it you know comes time to doing that. Um, but yeah, you know, there, there's a variety of things that that can be done. And you know, the other thing that I would mention is it's not uh, vital that you do every single thing 100 percent correct. That's that's how things can become very overwhelming. A, a lot of times, if you just do a couple of things really. You know, if you do a couple of things right and, and everything else kind of stays the same, a lot of times that can actually have a dramatic impact. So, um, so yes. hopefully, you know, you yeah. can you can take a few things away from this. You know, as long as you're a better version, you could have it like 55% right. And if you, that was yesterday and today you have it 65% right, then that's better. I mean, there's always something we can do just to make it a little bit better. And we learn as we go, but you have to try to, to make an improvement somewhere. And as long as you're moving in the right direction, I guess we're doing all right, right? Yep. Awesome. Absolutely. So... Um, we're kind of covering a blog post you had, uh, and I'll have the links in the show notes to this blog post. And basically we're going to be following, uh, what you share with us in that blog post. And in that, that blog post, you share nine things we can do to optimize our, uh, restaurant website. So the first thing you mentioned on that post is, you know, to choose a good domain name. So can you summarize what, you know, we need to know as far as choosing a good domain name goes? Yeah, so you know, a lot of times if you're an established restaurant, uh, chances are you already have your domain name, and um, if that's the case, then I don't recommend changing your domain name. You know, stick with what you have if you already have one. But if you are currently going through the process of getting your very first domain name, or um, starting up a new restaurant and you're choosing a domain, or may- perhaps you recently purchased a restaurant and you need to get a hold of a new domain name. Um, you want to find something that is, I mean, obviously the name of your restaurant should be in, yeah. in the domain name, you know, like yourrestaurantname.com. Um, a lot of times, you know, if it's a very broad, generic term, that won't be available for, mm-hmm. you know, um, like genospizza.com, I'm guessing, is not going to yeah. be available. Um, but, you know, a good extension to that would be to add your city name or, or your location. So if it's in um, New York City, you might add genospizzanyc.com or, um, or, or like Rhode Island, you know, genospizzari.com, mm-hmm. something along those lines. Um, that helps to indicate both to Google and to customers um, alike that, okay, I mean, obviously there are probably hundreds or if not thousands of Gino's pizzas across, across North America, right? So, um, it, you know, you having some kind of location in the domain name helps to indicate, okay, I, I, we've got, we're on the website for the correct place. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's really good customer service too, because with all these different restaurants that exist that are online now, it's, it's good service to be clear when people are searching for us that, you know, this is the, you know, Gino's pizza in, uh, Providence, Rhode Island, because it says Rhode Island Gino's pizza. Like it, it's more clear and it's going to help expedite 
our, our customers finding us. And anything we can do to make the life on our customers easier is good for us. I mean, it, it goes true in the restaurant and outside of the restaurant. So that's a good way to look at it. Um, yep. So what's the second thing we can do to optimize our restaurants? I think you mentioned uh, including uh, meta tags and title tags. Talk to us a little bit about what that means. Yeah, so these get a little bit technical, but uh, it's not too bad. So meta tags and title tags, um, really it's the title tags that that, have, that make the most impact. And what those are, are so it's like the title of each web page. And um, what that means is when you look at your web browser and in the very top, like in the tab on the web browser, not shown on the web page itself, but even right above uh, the web address, there is some kind of title. So that's where you need to be very descriptive. So, of course, having the name of your restaurant, but again, adding, you know, Providence, Rhode Island, or, you know, your city and state or mm-hmm. country, um, right there in the title tag of uh, the homepage. And then you also want to be descriptive as to which page on your website you're on. So, if you're viewing the food menu, you know, it, it should be, you know, Gino's Pizza food uh, menu or dinner menu or lunch menu, mm-hmm. you know, be very specific about the page that you're viewing. And these are signals uh, to Google to help Google index your page correctly in their yeah. algorithm. That way, when somebody is searching for, you know, Gino's menu, uh, which some people do, uh, you know, they'll go, they'll get straight to your food menu page rather mm-hmm. than you know, somewhere else. And another thing you can do too, I mean, it's, it's good to be specific about, you know, Gino's pizza, you're a pizza place and you're in Rhode Island, but also what kind of pizza? Are you Greek pizza? Are you Italian pizza? Are you artisanal pizza? These like what separates you? What's your unique selling proposition? Uh, because you're going to have that target market that likes whatever it is you offer. And you have to let them know, like, this is what I'm about. I'm an artisanal pizza place. And then you're going to get those people who are a little bit, maybe more foodie type who want that like fanciness. Um, so maybe going forward, we can use that example of an artisanal pizza place too to kind of show how we can get creative in uh, you know tagging these things and being specific and labeling things correctly. Yeah, and, and you know, actually, I, I wanted to also kind of throw in one more point here. I know it's not on the list from this article, but okay. um, you know, something uh, kind of a new development in the past year that happened at Google as it relates to local businesses, and this is something that anyone can and should do right now. Um, you can, it, it's, it's called um, Google My Business, and it used to be called Google Local, and they changed it to Google My Business. So if you just type into Google, type Google My Business, it'll, it'll take you there. Mm-hmm. And that's where you want to make sure that your restaurant is listed in their Google My Business directory. And basically what that will mean is they'll, they'll make sure that your restaurant is actually shown accurately on Google Maps. It'll make sure that you're showing up in Google search results uh, correctly with the correct phone number and address location and, and, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, Google My Business is, is the thing to get listed on. It's a you know totally free service. Um, I think you need to kind of uh, um, uh, confirm your location. Like I think they'll actually send you a, a a phone call for you to confirm and and set in like type in the verification code and then you're all good. Awesome! I'll be sure to uh, put a link in the show notes to to uh, Google My Business so you guys can just uh, if you can't remember that just go to the show notes. Everything will be right there for you. So the second thing we talk about or you talked about in that blog post was uh, using keywords carefully. Let's talk a little more about that. What do you mean? 
Yeah, so keywords, you know, um, this gets into the actual content of your web pages. Uh, again, you know, the restaurant name, the location, the city name, having those shown in text on your homepage and on your contact page, on your location page, very important. Um, other keywords that you'll want to include are, you know, the cuisine type and maybe even get very specific about the type of, of, of cuisine, you know, or the style of, of, of the food that you offer there. Um, because these are things that people tend to search for. Mm-hmm. So um, they may not know the name of your of your restaurant yet because they're brand new or whatever, but they might be in Providence, Rhode Island searching for Indian food. So, you know, um, somebody typing in Indian food, Providence, Rhode Island, if your website has those keywords throughout the site, um, chances are, or you're giving your, yourself a higher chance of showing up in Google results when someone types that in. Awesome. Um, now, just simply by including those keywords on your site, that certainly does not guarantee that you will show up on on page one when somebody types in Indian food or, or whatever. Um, obviously, there are a number of factors, especially local competition. You know, I'm sure there are more than more than eight or 10 Indian restaurants around the Providence, Rhode Island area. So, um, you know, there's just a number of factors that, that play into this. Uh, but, you know, by using these best practices, you're giving yourself a, a much higher chance of showing up for, yeah. for that. Yeah, you know, it's, it's good practice too. I, would, I mean, you could disagree with me. You're the expert. I'm just maybe brainstorming here. But don't be afraid to go look at the other uh, websites of your competitors and find out what they're not doing and uh, use those keywords they're missing out on. Do some research. That- yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cool. You know, these all of these tips that we talk about here, uh, you can look at at the restaurants nearby and see which ones they're not doing mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, cool, awesome. Uh, the next thing you mentioned in that blog post is use alt or alt tags to describe your images. Can you go a little deeper on that for us? Sure. So this this one gets a little bit more technical, and um, and you know, not every. Uh, restaurant owner or business owner to understand this. This is really something more for the web designer to take care of. Um, uh, so, you know, when you add an image to a web page, uh, there's a piece of the code for that image called the alt tag. And basically what that's supposed to be is a text description of what this photo or what this image is. So if it's a photo, if it's like an image of a, of a pizza pie, that alt tag should say, pizza pie, perhaps pizza pie from Gino's Pizza, you know, something like that to be very descriptive about what that image is. Um, again, that helps with, that helps Google, um, uh, understand the content of the pages of your website. Um, now this is something that, you know, your web designer or web development firm should handle for mm-hmm. you. Um, uh, it's something that we do automatically when we input, uh, in, you know, images into the sites for our clients. So just something to be aware of. What about, no, if, if you take it to the next level and you're doing something like highlighting an accolade that you had or something, you know, an image of a medal you won or, uh, say a team member, are there any, like, if you're trying to highlight your team, the people on your team, like, are there any keywords or suggestions you have for doing stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, team members, that's a really good one, especially if you're showing like a headshot, like a bio. Yeah headshot for, uh, for like the head chef or the management and, or, you know, people on the team. Um, that's a really great opportunity to, of course, include their name, mm-hmm. you know, in the, uh, as the alt tag for that image, because especially if somebody is Googling that, that chef, if they have kind of like a high profile, um, name in the industry or in the city, uh, it's, it's good to, to tag their image using that alt tag with their name. That way, you know, it gives another indicator that if somebody is searching, is just Googling that person's name, Mm -hmm. 
that page on the restaurant's website will show up um, as, as one of the top results. Awesome. Cool. All right. The next thing you have on the list is create a sitemap. So why is it so important that we do that? Yeah. So again, this, this is also a little bit technical. Um, there are uh, plugins and tools that allow you to do this automatically if you're kind of um, getting your hands dirty and doing things yourself. Um, uh, basically, a sitemap uh, is a a text list of all of the pages on your website with links pointing to all of them. It's not necessarily shown to visitors. It's really only exists. It really only exists for Google and other search engines to to use as um, kind of like a back like like a behind the scenes database of all the pages. It, it kind of just verifies all the pages that it, that those search engines will find. Uh, again, it just makes the, the search engines, just makes it easier for them to find all of the different pages on your site. Um, it's something that um, you can you can ask your web designer or developer about and they can implement it for you. It's something that we do on, on our sites. So um, yeah, it's, it's just another good practice. Awesome. Now, um, does this kind of, is, is this where the meta tags come into play? I mean, if you have all these meta tags and you don't have a sitemap, will you be, able to still have you know search engines go through your content and find material yeah i mean you know those are two different things the sitemap and the meta tags Uh, meta tags are placed on each individual page the sitemap is kind of like a separate page listing and linking to all the pages Um, but you know that's a really great question because you know you can certainly not have a sitemap and still absolutely rank in Google. Um, or you can have a sitemap and maybe not have all of the meta tags and title tags um, you know, fully correct. Again, this is one of those things that um, you, can, you can just do a little bit. You can do halfway or you can do it 100%. Um, all of these things will help you. Uh, omitting them won't necessarily hurt you. It, it would just in other words, Google will will still be able to in, like crawl and index your, the pages of your site. It just might make Google's job of doing that a little bit harder if you don't have the sitemap. Now, you had mentioned plugins that you might be able to find. Can you think of any that you might be able to share with us that I can provide in the show notes? Sure. So if you have if your site is built in WordPress specifically, um, you can search the WordPress plugin directory. Uh, I think I think there's one just called Google Sitemaps. Um, or Google Google XML sitemaps, it might be called. Uh, there's a there's a number of them. They all kind of do the same thing. Um, these are free plugins in in the WordPress directory. Um, or if your designer or developer created your site elsewhere, um, you know they can uh, that that person should be able to set up the sitemap for you. And um, yeah, yeah. You also mentioned in that article too that you need to submit your sitemap to Google. You, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So you can do that. Um, again, this gets a little bit technical, but it get it's in the uh, Google Webmaster Tools. Okay. Um, so uh, you can open your Google Webmaster Tools account. It, that's free. You know, if you have a Google account, um, connect that to your website and then submit your sitemap. There's just a one-click button in, inside there where you can submit your sitemap to Google, and they will. Um, uh, you know, again, it's just another way to verify that this is the sitemap for this okay. website and tells Google where it is. All right. I'll try to find those links and make it easier on you guys at home. Um, so the next question, we're going to try to speed it up here. I'm doing my typical dive deeper and deeper, and I always get lost. But uh, <laughs> um, the next question or the next uh, bullet you have in that article is uh, you know, optimize your images. So what do you mean by that? 
Yeah, just really quickly, you know, you don't want to um, upload a very, very, very large image uh, to a website if the website is going to show it at a much smaller mm-hmm. size. Um, what happens then is if you have a super large image and, it, and it's shown on a very small size, is it it takes a very long time for that image to load. Yeah. So, um, so you should make sure that you're just uploading images uh, that are about the same size as your web page. Okay. Um, and you know you might need to resize them before you upload them to your site. Uh, typically, the rule of thumb is you know one image on a web page shouldn't shouldn't really be large larger than um, one thousand pixels wide. Um, you know a typical photo coming out of like a digital camera can be something like four thousand pixels wide. Okay. So you'll want to um, you know reduce it before you upload it. Now you you uh, mentioned a resource in that blog post called uh, Tiny uh, Ping. Am I saying that right? Dot com. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's that's uh, that is a good resource for quickly um, reducing the size of images before you upload them. Um, again, this is something that your web designer can handle for you, uh, but you know it's just something to be aware of. Awesome. All right, great. We'll have those links in the show notes too. Um, so the seventh thing you mentioned is ensure your site is optimized. Uh, yeah, you mean uh, responsive uh, sites? Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, that's what I meant. Yep. Um, so this gets back to the mobile optimization. Okay. So making sure, uh, it, you know, what we recommend, uh, this kind of the industry standard when it comes to optimizing for mobile websites is a technique called responsive web design. Okay. And what that basically means is if you have your website, it, you, you should just have one single website and that design should be able to scale and adapt down to a mobile phone or an iPad or as big as a, as a computer, um, you know, instead of having one website and then a separate mobile mm-hmm. site and a separate mobile app, you know, apps are kind of another another thing, but your mobile website, your, your website should work on mobile. Yeah. It should work on any screen. And that's what we mean by responsive now, web design. Are most uh, platforms like WordPress or Squarespace, are they usually, do they come already set up to be, um, yeah, responsive. Yeah, responsive. Uh, well, uh, most of the time these days, yes, it's becoming more and more uh, prevalent. Uh, okay. It's um, it's kind of become the industry standard. I mean, that being said, uh, the design of your custom WordPress theme or or any theme that you're using may or may not be responsive. Mm-hmm. That's something that you'll want to kind of check on yeah, when you're set up. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, like everything we do uh, at Restaurant Engine is fully 100% responsive, mobile optimized. That's That's been a big thing since day one. So, um, yeah. All right. The uh, next way you suggest to optimize your website is by using instinctive navigation. What do you mean by that? Yep. Yeah. So, you know, you just really kind of want to um, – Rather than being clever or coming up with like coy ways of, of labeling things, mm-hmm. just be clear about what people are looking for. You know, yeah. um, use the terminology that people are expecting to see, and, um, and and make it easy for them to find things. So sometimes you're saying less can be more. Yeah, less can be more, or just kind of understanding. You know. Um, uh, just with the general goal of making your website easy to navigate yeah. and, and easy to find rather than, you know, um, the other things that we'd see a lot, like having, um, 
like flash animations and background music and that stuff is kind of fun and, and slick, but it doesn't necessarily help a user find what they're looking for. Yeah, too. And I think I've watched one of your webinars and what happens is like when you have that music or a video that plays sound uh, and somebody isn't trying to, they don't want to make a lot of noise. They're right away. They're going to jump off your website because they don't want to be intrusive if they're in a quiet space. So it's not always a good thing to have all that extra flair. It's a good point. Um, yep. So uh, the last thing you mentioned in that blog post is include links to and from your site. Yeah. So again, you know, Google and the search engines are built very much around seeing which pages are linking to which pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is a very good indicator for those search engines. Of course, it's also a good thing for your customers to link them across to different pages. Um, you're within your website, your homepage and your other pages should should interlink um, quite a bit. You know, from your top navigation, even throughout the page and at the bottom of the website, you should have links pointing to various places. It makes the whole site easier to connect. All right. um, but but you should also go a step further and make sure that your that you have other links outside of your website pointing in to your website. So that might be your social media profiles. Make sure that your Facebook page, your Twitter, all that has the link to your website included in your profile. Um, Make sure your listings in in local directories like Yelp and Urban Spoon and, and and all the other places where you're listed, Yellow Pages, all that stuff. Make sure you have an accurate link to your website pointing in. Again, these are all indicators. Mm-hmm. Like Google can see where your Yelp page is, where your Google Maps listing is, where everything else and and they'll kind of um coordinate and 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 uh, and index all of those links. So now on um, social media, you mentioned you know you have to be on your you know whether it's Google Plus, Facebook, Twitter when you link back to your website. But what about when other people uh use your URLs? Does that does Google look at that at all? Um, so yeah, like, I mean, in, in, in a post or something, if someone's like putting your website in a post. Yeah, I mean, generally that's a good thing. You know, the more um, references that are pointing into your website is a good thing. Um, you know, so uh, if and like the, the the higher the authority of that person or that mm-hmm. brand that is linking to you. So if a really well-known food critic, or let's say you were so lucky to get a review in the New York times, mm-hmm. uh, having a New York times.com pointing a link to your website is, is huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, Google will look at that and, and instantly up your, um, points when it comes to yeah. ranking yeah. highly. And, and I mean, the same goes for even like local authoritative, um, reviews and, and directories and whatnot. And that's why it's so important when you know different companies or different press uh, entities approach you and ask to do a piece on you or ask for some time. It may be inconvenient, and sometimes you might just like not want to do these things. But anytime you can be put out there, it it helps increase your ranking. So it's good to accept. I mean, just in getting involved with different communities and taking part in these things where you can be spotlighted online. Um, are all great ways for ranking. So uh, take advantage of that. So if you're, if I'm out there and I'm asking you to be a guest on my show, <laughs> make sure you say yes so you can get that increased ranking. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, don't be afraid to help each other out too. Um, work with other restaurants in your community and collaborate and talk about how you can share what each other are doing because I mean that's all good ways just to, you know 
to you know band together and like they say all ships rise with the tide so don't be afraid to get out there on social media and engage on social media with with some of your competition it's friendly it's good for the you know the community so don't be so yeah uh, i think that's a great point i mean customers appreciate that too you know um, especially like these local festivals that happen where a lot of restaurants are coming out and and all kind of uh, participating so you know um, that's always really great to see Great. Yeah, so we have covered all nine of the things you mentioned in that blog post, and we have a little bit of time. I'm going to try to ask you a few questions. I know you've got to get going, so we'll try to keep it quick. But these are some questions I've got um, from the uh, you know some of the unstoppable listeners out there, and I hope uh, I'm, I know Brian can help us out a little bit. So the first question I kind of want to ask you is on the, the topic of menus, and Mark Marino asks, how important is it to have uh, your menu accessible online and where should you have it online? Yeah, I mean, it, it is so extremely important for a restaurant to have the menu accessible online. Um, we I was just doing a, a presentation last week um, and, and we talked about a study that said over 80% of customers who are who are searching for your restaurant online, mm-hmm. they want to see the food or they said that they consider what do they say? They 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 review the food menu before making a decision as to where to, to over 80% said that. So um, super important and it even gets more important every year. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, your website should app should absolutely show your food menu. Um, you know, you can, you, you can have your food menu posted to other places as well. Um, but at the, at the end of the day, you know, your website.com, like your restaurant.com, That's like the official yep. place where people go to find information. So if somebody is going to Google your name or they know your restaurant website, I mean, that's the first place that they're going to look because you're never sure if these other, you know, random um, places showing menus are are up to date. But your website, people would expect, mm-hmm. is up to date. So, yeah. So uh, the next question is from Missy Young, and this kind of ties into what we're already talking about. And you're seeing some of these single-platform online menu publishers coming out there. Uh, one, for example, is called Open Menu. Uh, what would you have to say about a service like that? Is that a good investment? And, uh, basically, for those of you at home who, who don't know what a single-platform uh, you know, service is, so you put your menu in one spot, and then other uh, websites like Twitter, like Facebook – and like your website can pull from that resource, so your web, so your menu is is you know accessible in different places, and it's in the same format. Sorry. Yeah. So I think um, you know I think like what single platform has been doing has, has has been great. You know, it is a very useful tool for for keeping all of your all of your menus across these different websites all in sync and mm-hmm. updated from one place. Um, I mean, that being said. You know, again, if if your if your own website is the only place where your menu exists online, there's nothing wrong with that either. Um, what you can do is make sure that all those other websites, when they list your menu, simply have the link pointing from that site over to your menu page on your website. I know, you know, for example, Yelp, when you need to connect your your food menu on on your profile in Yelp, which is very important these days, um, you can link directly to your menu to your food menu page on your own website. Um, again, that, that also brings people into your website. That's another 
traffic source, which is also good because um, once they get onto your website, not only can they view your food menu, but maybe they'll join your email list and then you can start to connect with them. That's um, a great point. You know, know, that way. Um, but single platform is, is, is also great. You know, um, we, we, from time to time, you know, customers of ours use single platform. So we will embed, um, their, you know, menu on the website and, and that's easy to integrate as well. So, um, so yeah, it, it's a good tool. Have you heard of open menu? Do you know anything about that? Um, yeah, heard a little bit about them as well. Um, you know, another good option, yeah. you know, for doing, uh, similar things. I, from what I understand, I think single platform has been, um, I I might be wrong about this, but maybe around a little bit longer, but, um, I mean, that's what I've heard too. I've heard single platforms a little bit more expensive. I've heard, I think $70 a month, maybe something as high. Does that sound to you? Does that number sound familiar to you? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not really current on everything yeah, that yeah. today. You know, again, if if you're just starting up and kind of on a on a bootstrap, yeah. uh, you know, budget, um, it you know maybe it's not the most essential mm-hmm. thing to get get right out of the gate. Um, again, you know, just having your your, but I do think that it is important to yeah. to have your web your food menu showcased on your website. Yeah. Um, so it makes it people you know so have, people check it out. I have heard open menu is a lot more affordable. So um, it's worth looking into. So, I mean, the next question I have is from uh, Krista uh, from BuzzAppetite. And this is going to be real quick, I think. She just wanted to know, uh, what are the three top areas I should focus on to increase my web presence? And why don't you just take maybe three of the things we already talked about just to, real, to quickly sum that one up? Yeah, I mean, these days, you know, mobile is the is the big one. If your site is not showing up on mobile phones, that's something to really look into because more and more customers are using mobile uh, in general on the web, but especially for restaurants. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you're walking around uh, a new city or even your own city, and I mean, I know my, my wife and I, when we're driving around, you know, looking for a new place to eat, um, where do I go first? I open up my iPhone and I'm, I'm checking out, you know, places to, to eat. So um, that's a must. Um, Making sure the food menu is easy and accessible, um, you know, having the, a PDF. Speaking of food menus, you know, like having a PDF on your site to showcase your food menu—that's what a lot of restaurants kind of resort to. Um, it's that's one way to do it, but it's not the most ideal way because uh, service can't go through that. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, the you know Google and search engines are not going to be able to really read that so well. Um, it's also slow to download, especially if you're on a mobile phone. Um, so it's important to have the website show your food menu like as part of the web page. Yeah. So I think uh, the next question again is from Misty Young. She had a bunch of questions for us. She talks a little bit about you know ask, or asking whether blogs are worth the effort. Um, I think me personally, I think they totally are, just because of all the things you mentioned today with having those keywords and having opportunities to put what you are, who you are out there. And also those are opportunities to share in social media too. Um, so, I mean, what's, what's your take on that real quick? I, I want to keep going. Yeah. I know we have. Yeah, this is a good question. Actually, I, I see, I'm reading it here. So what Misty was asking was, um, does it actually put butts in your seats and, <laughs> how, and how do you measure that? And that's a really good question. You know, simply putting out blog posts or YouTube videos or Twitter posts or sending email blasts, you know, you're, those aren't necessarily going to directly bring in um, a certain number of new customers every single time you create a blog post. Like you can't expect that every time I hit publish, we'll get 10 more customers in the door. It would be great if that was the case. It's just not. Um, but having that ongoing feed of, of new content coming out, whether it's coming through your blog or you're sending it in email newsletters or you're posting it to Facebook, 
that's what customers want to see. They mm-hmm. want to see that your that your restaurant is alive yeah. and that things are happening and you're engaging with your community. Um, uh, you know, when when new customers are searching for a new restaurant and they land on your website, um, if they see like a new post that came out last week or they see upcoming events that are happening, you know, they're, they're like, all right, this place is alive. I mean, I've been to I've seen websites where, you know, they're promoting like a New Year's Eve event and we're in January or we're in February. And it's like that has already passed. They're not really keeping things up to date. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm starting to think like, well, maybe they're even like out of business. Is, <laughs> is anybody even really watching this place? Yeah, so, you want to stay relevant for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh, she mentions that she does ask, how do you measure that? Did you cover how to measure it? Well, you know, you can always look at the t- the amount of traffic that you're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, Google Analytics is a is a good free tool to see uh, how much traffic your website is getting. Um, if you're using, you know, Facebook or your, you know, you can always see like how many likes each post gets. Yeah. Um, email. I, I really like email newsletters as a way to keep in touch with your with your loyal customers and get them to coming coming back. And what you can look at there is how many people opened each email that you send and how many people clicked a link in those emails. Mm-hmm. Uh, gives you kind it's of a, a good station. So yep. the, last, the last question I have for you um, is from Brandon Hall. Uh, he asks, what's the future of restaurant websites look like? Yeah, great question. You know, um, in many ways, I, I feel like the, today we're, we're already seeing, you know, <laughs> things that i mean you know talking about like mobile and um uh you know just how many the sheer number of customers who are who are comfortable using mobile phones these days i mean to my parents who are much older than us uh are both have iphones mm-hmm. and they're both using their, their phones to find restaurants and it, i i'd say like if they're using it to find restaurants most people are, are using yeah, it. yeah exactly <laughs> you know so um so yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're really seeing that kind of thing today. I think design, just in general, like mm-hmm. really paying uh, careful attention to having a quality, professional look and feel. I think that matters today more than ever, and and especially moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think a couple of years ago you could have got away with just having a very basic, uh, kind of amateur looking design of your website. You know, just something is better than nothing. I mean, these days. Uh, Customers are used to seeing pretty high-end um, designs. That doesn't necessarily mean you need to go out and spend thousands on, on a new website design, but you know, um, you're looking for something elegant that really matches the, the type of quality that you'd put in inside your restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Brian, you kind of you're bringing this uh, interview in the direction to where I wanted to wrap up, and that's basically making the point that you know you have so many options today when it comes to making your restaurant website, I mean, you can even do it yourself and it's easier than ever to do it yourself, but you can't forget that this is the first impression. This is what people are going to see for the first time when they're making the decision to go and eat. And that impression is so important. So, I mean, if you're in the position to invest just a little bit of money, uh, to really lock down that first impression, it can be so crucial and so valuable. And I mean, like we talked about all these nine different things you can do to optimize your restaurant website. If somebody were to invest in restaurant engine for their restaurant website, would you cover these nine different things to optimize the website? I mean, is that all part of the package deal? So, yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, uh, it is so important these days. Uh, Customers are looking to the web more than ever Mm -hmm. um, to find a place to eat. And not only are they checking out your website, they're also checking out all of your competitors websites you know it's so easy today to kind of scroll through a list of 
of hundreds of local restaurants when they're making the decision. So it's important to use all these best practices and and keep your website up to date and, and all that kind of stuff. So And Brian, I have to say, originally when I was doing the research to find somebody to be my authority here at Restaurant Unstoppable on restaurant websites, uh, I, one of the things that drew me to you was just how uh, in the middle of the, the the park you are. I mean, you're, you're for what you offer and the prices you charge. What is it? Forty nine dollars a month. Uh, Forty nine dollars a month is is the core plan. Yeah, um, and for forty nine dollars a month, you can really get a lot of great stuff. And depending on where you are, you can get your POS integrated into. Um, your, your website, and you can also do online ordering. I mean, the options are there, and you can really do a lot. It's worth looking into. Um, it's a good in-the-middle option as, as far as some of the, the things that are out there, and I think it's a great investment if you aren't 100% sure on or confident with yourself or you don't have that you know, $2,000, $3,000 laying around to go do a, a, you know, a one-and-out with somebody. And, and even with that, you're not – protected to the changes in technology. So uh, if you are interested in what Brian's got going on over at Restaurant Engines, I will have links in the show notes. Uh, He is an affiliate of mine. If you guys do use the links in the show notes, uh, you will be helping me out. You'll be helping me uh, be able to continue bringing these uh, interviews to you. So uh, I love what he's doing over there. He's a great guy, as you can tell. And he's taking the time to come on the show and to teach us a little something. So uh, let's, let's pay it forward. Yeah, very, very cool, Eric. I appreciate that. And, you know, for anyone listening, um, if you want to learn more about any of this kind of stuff, the optimization, best practices, um, we do have a whole lot of educational material. Um, and we actually just came out with a brand new um, series. So it starts with a free uh, website checklist, um, goes through some of the, the most important aspects, and then it goes into um, a series of videos where, where we're teaching more of these best practices. And you can get all that for free. Um, that's at restaurantengine.com slash blog. Yeah, and that's one of the other things that, that really I love about you guys. You're you're not all just trying to make sales. You're you know you really do look after your customers and trying to help them, and you, you provide so much extra help that's not necessary. It's it's a, a great resource. Even if you're just going to learn more about where to start, uh, check out engine or restaurantengines.com and uh, check out what Brian's got going on over there. And uh, he told me he had to get going at 4.15. It is 4.15 on the dot right now, so we wrapped up just in time. So we're going to say goodbye uh, again, Brian. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come over here and talk to us. Uh, we do appreciate you, and uh, we will stay connected. Yeah, thanks a lot, Eric. There you have it. Another episode in the bags here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Brian Castle from Restaurant Engine. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. You just blew us away with some great advice there on how to optimize our restaurant websites. And uh, a few times on the show, I think almost every time, I said Restaurant Engines. It's Restaurant Engine, singular. I don't know why I was doing that. Sorry, Brian, for getting that wrong. But yeah, they are some great guys over there. Great guys and girls. Go check them out. All the links are in the show notes. And um, I mean, even if your restaurant website is like two or three years old, the industry and technology is changing so fast that there's a good chance you aren't optimized. And if you want to get optimized and if you don't really like the feel or the look of your website, um, go check out restaurantengine.com. I have the links in the show notes. That's www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash 103. They're a great service. Uh, you can really get a whole lot for what you pay for. 
And uh, because I do believe in transparency, I just want to let you know that Brian is an affiliate of mine. If you guys do use the links in my show notes, I will get um, a, a piece of the pie just for referring you guys to him. And uh, you will be helping me out. So uh, if you do like what I'm doing, if you think I'm helping you with this podcast and gathering all these stories and advice and bringing these experts on the show, uh, just use my links. That's all you have to do. It's at no extra charge to you. But uh, that's how you can contribute to what I'm trying to, to create here, this resource for uh, professionals in our industry. And uh, always, 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 please do connect with me, Eric at Restaurant Unstoppable. This episode is an example of what happens when you do come to me with your questions. I don't have all the answers. I have no problem admitting that. But I do know a lot of people. I've made some great connections in the past year. And I can just make a phone call and... Ask somebody the questions you have, get them on the show, and have them give us the answer. It's that easy. But it all starts with you guys shooting me an email or connecting with me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+, Twitter. I'm out there always looking to connect. And uh, keep those five-star reviews and iTunes on Stitcher Radio uh, coming. Those help so much. All right, guys, that's all I have for you today. We're almost at 45 minutes, so I will cut the cord. Until next time, peace out. Peace out.